Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. If you're new, you've not heard me talk about how much Nevada sucks, but I'm going to straight up say again that Nevada sucks. It's the worst. I've lived in a number of states. I've lived in California. I've lived in Washington State. Oregon, Colorado, Nevada. And then I have family that was in uh, Missouri, uh, Arkansas. We lived in Texas for a brief hot minute, uh, Florida for a hot minute. And I've traveled on business pretty much all of the rest of the contiguous states. I have never been to, let's see, Georgia. At least not, not that I'm aware. Now, my brother told me a story. There was a, a mass killing spree. And apparently we had been in the middle of this. So we might've been in that. I'm not really sure on that, but I've been many other states. So I'm kind of over time looking at how the state treats me, what business, how easy is it to conduct business? Do I have any issues, problems? How hard is it to get stuff done, right? Nevada's the worst of them. Nevada's the, and Oregon I thought was bad. Oregon's bad, but Nevada is the worst of this business. It's easily the worst for a lot of reasons. I want to share what's happened real quick so you know what the hell's going on because I'm trying to get out of here because that's going to be the, the stairway back to where I was. So I said on the previous here, CryptoTalkRadio.net, I had this gal come over to try to expedite getting the freaking registration for the car that I plan to keep. And then I've got a different state working on the car that I want to sell. The other state for the car that I want to sell, apparently that's done, but I got to wait for them to mail it. Nevada then, for the car I want to keep, this gal, she shows up, says everything's good, great, impressive, all this stuff. It's supposed to be done on Monday, and if you're paying attention, Monday is yesterday, right? So I hear nothing, okay? So I, I pinged her late afternoon, hear nothing. Today, I, in the afternoon, I contact a different person to try to say what the hell's going on. Well, you know, you only did 150, and so that's not the expedite fee. Deep, deep, deep. And I'm like, wait a minute. I asked this chick, what's the total amount to expedite it? And she said 150. So I gave her 150. 
So why did you, why does she lie? Why does, well, she doesn't really work at the, just a bunch of excuses. So basically I have to wait another day because they didn't do expedite service. It's, is that going to kill me? No, it's the principle. It's like, I don't like being like just screw up, total screw up of a basic process. So she acknowledged the screw up getting this person didn't know what the heck they're doing. She acknowledged the screw up. They're going to credit me back half my money, $75. That's fine. It wasn't about the money. It's about don't, don't lie. And then just what I wanted is make it right. I said, why didn't anybody contact me? Well, I tried to call. She didn't call. There's no way she did. Cause I know the number that I put on there. It's the number that is my VoIP line. And that line has a number of people that call it all the regular basis. So that's a lie. Anyway. So now I have to wait another day to wait and see. Now I checked on the DMV site. I don't see that they updated the registration. So I don't believe that it's done. So now I'm really livid because again, this is just more delays. And then if I delay another month, I got to pay more rent and I don't want to do that. And the other thing that really bothered me. So then it's tax day for everybody out there. Hopefully you paid your taxes. Hopefully you reported your cryptocurrency like you're supposed to on the taxes. I want to talk about that because I said on the previous episode, I was going last week that I was going to talk about taxes. I held off because I wanted to get to tax day because I felt that that was more apropos. So here's how it goes. Now, I, I, for those that don't know if you're new, welcome, by the way, but I work two endeavors. I don't, cryptocurrency is not my profit. The podcast has no profit. That's why I don't run ads on the show. YouTube doesn't do anything. I don't make money off that. The triad's there, but it's an optional thing. I don't do it to make profit. I do it to discourage garbage. So the community aspect is really what I'm favoring there. So I don't make any profit off of anything I do other than my two endeavors. And they pay me a lot of money. And it's what I do in my normal walk of life, which is technology services. So I ran the numbers. They gave me the paperwork. I ran the numbers. I made over a hundred grand between the two of them just working half the year. Now that's not bad. But what it did is when I got the tax and how much I owed on the on the first endeavor, which is a different channel of tax, that one, they hit me with like a, it was like a, I want to say 30% or some odd. And then the other one, I only got paid between October to December, but it was still a lot of money. And that one only charged me like three grand. So I'm like, okay, you jack offs are basically ripping me off with the tax brackets. What's happening there? Because the, the first endeavor, although it paid more, it certainly didn't feel like it because he only pays me like once a month because of the way the things that we're trying to change. So I run the numbers, they're coming back, and it's, again, it's all told, it's like 30% of what I make. Okay, it's what I expected. The problem is there is no withholding, so now i got to make an arrangement. I do the payments and all this stuff. I get to the form, forget the number, but you're supposed to fill it out for your cryptocurrency. Now, this is, whoever designed this garbage has got to be the most, I'm not even going to swear, but they want you to list every single transaction, and I don't think that's sustainable. Because people trade cryptocurrencies. You think about a whole year, right? You might trade cryptocurrencies on a constant basis. I had a, I, Coinbase tracks all that transaction stuff so I can run a report. And it gives you all the different transactions and all the data that you need to fill out this form. The problem is there was a lot of transactions that were mostly small things. Like I didn't have anything that was more than like $20 worth of gain or loss in any of the individual transactions. You want, how is that possible? It's because I don't do a lot of crypto trading. I don't, it's, I'm either going to sit on it or I'm going to liquidate it at a loss because if I sit on it, something will happen. If I liquidate it at a loss, it's because I don't think something will happen. So like Satama, I liquidate it at a loss and then move on because I don't see anything moving on this garbage. Everrise is sitting in staking, so there was no gain or loss. 
something like Bitcoin, I've never held a significant amount of Bitcoin because I was waiting for the right moment to buy. And then if there is something, I'll take incremental profits, but the profits are small. They're not like major, major things because I don't trade it like that. And I know that seems weird, but again, cryptocurrency is not where my most of my profits come from. So they want you to fill this damn form out and they want you to list every single cryptocurrency. And I'm like, I'm not doing this, brother. So then I list the top and it's like, yep, that's zero. Yep, that's zero. Negative $1, negative $5. This is zero. And I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll give you like 10 transactions and then call it. Because, you know, even Coinbase is like, we don't we don't file this because you're too damn low. Because I don't hardly use it for anything other than to transfer fiat into cryptocurrency and then transfer it to my wallet. And then my wallet, I don't do those because there is no... There is no fiat equivalency when it's sitting in your wallet. It's just a wallet transaction. The money that is taxable for me is when it goes into Coinbase and I do something with it, that's basically a sell or buy, really a sell. So I don't do a lot of those because I don't sell cryptocurrency on a frequent basis like people might think. If I do transactions, it is conversions all the time. So the money that I invest has always been basically sitting in cryptocurrency. I've had shiv for ages and not done anything with it. I did do sell for profits in past years, and but it was incremental. And for me, that kind of spreads out the tax issues. So I felt like, okay, this will work for me. And I would talk about that aspect. The idea that if you're a frequent trader, it's annoying to fill out the taxes. But if you're one of those like me who doesn't sell a lot and you're more about the trading within the private wallet, you know, it's not really that bad. I think the form is garbage, but for me, I just said, you know, I'll, I'll just keep it in the wallet and not do much unless I'm really going to make some good profit. And that's rare. I think the largest one I have was compound and that was like $20. Anyhow, and any who's, that's taxes. We got some number stuff I want to chat about. Let's jump right over there. Are we there yet? I know you're asking a question of yourself and you want to ask it of me. I can't answer the question definitively. I can say graphs look really good. Looking on the month chart, we're up about 3% on Bitcoin. But as I said before, Bitcoin's struggling to go too far above the 30,000 mark. However, everything looks green on the month chart, much more than the red by far and away. And then on Ethereum, Ethereum has a little bit more movement, but not by a lot. Right now, it's about 1%, but it had a much more significant shift just earlier than Bitcoin did. But we are seeing still some, a little bit of self-pressure. Are we at the bull? I still say no. I still say we're close, but we're not quite. I still say we got a little bit more to go before we hit a true bull. I think what we have right now is testing the waters, possibly the international shores where they're trying to test cryptocurrency and get it to go up. And unfortunately, we still have places like the United States who are only happy to dump the cryptocurrency. So like right now, in my opinion, I think we got some little bit more sell pressure. I, I do think we're going to hit another crash, not to the epic degree we saw before, but I do think we're going to hit another crash one more before we go on the run. So like Bitcoin, for example, Bitcoin is trending, not going, trending slightly downward, but the green's there that's keeping it up. So it's not, you're visibly not seeing this, but if you watch the line and you predict, you can see that it's starting to kind of taper off a little bit. This is testing. It's testing, can we go up or is it going to go down? And we don't know. It looks to me like we're going to go a little bit more down. Again, not the epic crash we expected, but possibly go down before we go on a run. And then once we go on a run, I think it's going to be unstoppable for a long time. That's what I think anyway. Meanwhile, Ethereum, it looks like it's holding the line much better. It looks like it's more trading sideways with not much downward movement 
but it is going to, I believe, hit a crap point because Bitcoin will hit a crap point. Not because of Ethereum itself, but because Bitcoin will hit a crap point. There's some other news about Ethereum I do want to talk about, but from what I can tell, that's what I see on the horizon, and hopefully I'm terribly wrong when I say these things. So now, recently, this whole Shanghai upgrade that happened with Ethereum caused a little bit of a fear. There was a whole bunch of rushes to unstake their Ethereum, and mostly this was some validators. So what happened was there were some validators that wanted to withdraw boatloads, crap tons of their staked Ethereum, and they were put, there were blocks put in front of them saying you're going to have to wait up to 17 days to get your stuff back. Now, this is intriguing because, like, if you think of Luna Classic, right, the validators, they'll put you under a hole to get your Luna Classic out, and there's so many others that do the same thing. They'll put a block on your ability to get your stuff out. Well, the reason that this happened here was because there was, it was just backed up. There was too many requests. This is not good because you got to think about why are there so much request to dump out your Ethereum? Is it possible that they want to cause the very crap out that I anticipate? I can't say for sure. I am saying that this is still a thing. Now, there are people who are actually staking in, so I'm not suggesting that it's a absolute Armageddon rush of dump out. I am saying that there are a lot of validators in particular and regular people who are trying to get their Ethereum out for one reason or another, and this may, can't say will, may trigger a little bit of the garbage that we see in terms of price movement downward. Meanwhile, Coinbase, right? Coinbase has some news and it's not good. The CEO of Coinbase, Mr. Brian Armstrong, you don't know who that is. Brian Armstrong's the idiot that said, you know, if we, you know, if we file bankruptcy, lose all your money, deep, 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 that's that dude. So now apparently he was overseas. He was at some conference or something. He told everybody that, you know, we need to get some clarity in the United States. It's not clear anymore. And if we don't, we have to leave. Now, this is the same guy who once said that we're going to do everything the United States says and it's easy for us to be, you know, regulatory and compliance. This was after the whole Voyager business. They said, nope, it's all about it's all about Coinbase. We're the only ones that do this. We're the only ones that are compliant. We're the only ones that follow the rules. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, uh, well, well, you know, we might have to leave the United States. Do, do, do. So I'm hoping, it's hoping, I'm hoping people wake up about Coinbase and the crap that is, that they're no better than anybody else. They're the same garbage as some of these other ones in just sheep's clothing, my personal opinion. Many people have heard me crap on MetaMask. MetaMask is pushed hot and heavy by many of the crap tokens out there, and I think nothing of it as a wallet. I think it's terrible, especially when MetaMask came out and said, yeah, we'll violate your privacy all we care to. Well, very recently, a hacker somehow was able to identify a way to exploit older MetaMask wallets. We're talking from when the Bitcoin prior to its run up. They were able to identify this and drain over 5,000 ETH worth of tokens and NFTs from these various addresses. They're all MetaMask and guess what? That's a lot of money, but more importantly, it highlights why I keep saying MetaMask is one of the worst wallets there is because they don't They'll just say, you know, there's nothing we can do about do 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 And they're older wallets, to be fair. But the point is, it's all MetaMask. You don't see large-scale breaches like this on Trust Wallet. And I don't think much of Trust Wallet, but serious. You don't see large-scale breaches like this on something like Coinbase Wallet. So all these other wallets seem like they're a lot more stable and a lot more secure. And that's why I wish more of these tokens would embrace the more secure wallet instead of the garbage wallet that happens to be out there. I talked about the lawsuit that was going around about FTX and all the different, you know, celebrities and shillers and everybody else that was 
shilling and hyping on FTX, and then the SEC started went around all this, right? Apparently, now Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal is involved in this. Like, there's more and more celebrities getting looped into this crap. So apparently, Shaq got in this, but then the lawyer did some analysis, and they found out that at one point, Taylor Swift had looked at FTX and decided to go a different way and said, this is not, hey, we, we see some actual due diligence out of her. She was asking real good questions about securities trading and everything else, and then she decided to go another way, and she was the only one where everybody else just jumped in there and then shilled everybody else. So what's the news on this one? The news is, well, <laughs> number one, Shaquille O'Neal, who actually is a sheriff's deputy okay, in Florida, a sheriff's deputy in Shaquille uh, O'Neal, is involved with the shady business with poof hair and didn't bother doing due diligence, didn't bother asking any questions, gets sued and chased after. But Taylor Swift was the only one who was smart enough to actually ask some smart questions to avoid the garbage. And you should be doing the same thing, by the way. Speaking of SEC, Mr. Gary Gensler was recently up on the carpet and he didn't have an answer that made people happy because he was asked the question straight up. You need to be clear. Are these commodities or are these securities? Because you haven't been clear and he has been open on social media, and you can go back and check that. He's kept saying, yep, that's security. Yep, that's security. Do, 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 do. Well, when he went up in here and he responds to this question of, what is it, dude? Is it this or this? He just said, the law is clear. He didn't make a stance. So unlike what he does on social media where he's stunting, as the kids like to say, when he's called up in front of Congress, in this sense, a committee, but he's called up in front of a group of people, he doesn't, he doesn't have that same, he doesn't have those balls. This means that he, in his mind, say, the law already answers the question. The law doesn't answer the question because the SEC can make the claim irrespective of the law. That means the law is unclear. That's the point. Hopefully something's done about it. Meanwhile, Mr. I like the Jaller, who is currently running for president in 2024 and having witch hunts all around him, just recently a new wave just released, a new wave of NFTs, on the Polygon chain, these this is Series 2 of his so-called Trump Digital Trading Cards collection, fresh off the heels of the original collection, going on a run. He was on a show, One American News, which is a very popular news channel internationally, not so much in the United States, saying, quote, we had a new thing about them, and then the group came, and I loved the art. They showed me the art. It's comic book art, when you think of it, but they showed me the art, and I said, I always wanted to have a 38-inch waist, but I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm saying, that's sort of cute, I might sell. They thought it would sell in six months, it sold in six hours, and it sold like a record, as I understand. It's been incredible. You know, if you bought a car for 99 I guess it's much, much higher than that. And I heard the Wall Street Journal, somebody say it was the investment of the year. I was criticized, really criticized when it was announced. I didn't view it as an investment. I thought they were cute. I mean, for $99, you're getting these visions that are very beautiful, interesting, I think. And I viewed it this way, much more so than an NFT, but NFT was very hot two or three years ago, and then it cooled down. So when they announced it's NFT, everyone said, what's he doing that for? It's so cold. And I did it. I guess it was one of the most successful, maybe the most successful. But it was certainly in terms of speed. The whole thing was sold out almost immediately. Pretty amazing. So President, former President Donald Trump, is now on board with NFTs and no longer all about the dollar. Apparently, he's sold on this. Now, I think somebody's in his ear and told him that this is the right thing to do because I think, personally, <laughs> that these NFTs are, people are tired of NFTs in general, but his fans are going to jump all over this. Now, it's not like they're going to like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars like the board eight garbage. I mean, we're talking like, you know, 0.3 ETH, 0.4 ETH, 0.5 ETH. You know, we're not talking major amounts of money, but if you did put it, you know, $100 in there, that's not bad for a return, especially if you get somebody stupid enough to buy this. 
and they're car they're garbage. Like if we look at some of the art that's there, they are garbage. We're talking an image of him, and it's a clear Photoshop image of him with his hands cupping the Liberty Bell, the cracked Liberty Bell, but it's clear he's not holding it. Like they're just horrible art. I said this before on the first collection. Again, people are buying this crap, and that's what it is, is crap. Could you imagine if he actually would release NFTs of artsy picture pictorials of Mar-a-Lago? That would be worth selling. This, I don't know, that's me, whatever. Are you an Apple device user? I hope not, and I feel bad for you if you are. But if you're an Apple device user, this last bit of news is probably for you, and I want you to be safe. So recently, Kaspersky, who is a well-known, well-traveled antivirus and malware company, they do scans, software on computers, they recently called out on the Apple operating systems, and apparently they were calling out the mobile specifically, but they also include the regular laptop and computer operating systems. So that's kind of interesting because they are different, completely different architectures. But they called out a vulnerability apparently in both. Now, I want to try to explain the vulnerability and why it's Apple so, so tightly and why it seems so stupid that this is happening to them. So without getting overly technical, the Apple operating systems have always been based on a different operating system known as Unix. Essentially, they're Unix under the hood. Unix has a function that's referred to as root. Think of root as the highest level of power and authority you can have on your device. This root access is supposed to be locked down as much as you can do because you're not really, you shouldn't need it for day-to-day -day things. Apparently, what they found here is that the root access, you can actually exploit a vulnerability in the device operating system to be able to gain access to this root. Here's the problem. If you use an Apple device, right, so let's say it's an iPad. It could be just an iPad. And you have a mobile wallet, so a cryptocurrency wallet. Your cryptocurrency wallet, if it does not force you to do like a, a you know, fingerprint or some other way to secondary authenticate, and they're able to get this root access, it means they're able to get access to your wallet, drain your funds out. This happened to somebody who's using Trust Wallet. It wasn't Trust Wallet's fault. It was the operating system itself. Apple's already released a patch, so I do recommend if you have not been doing updates, make sure you update your device to the latest version as soon as you can. If you want to be even be safer, how about you get away from Apple? That's a personal opinion. But bottom line, if you're an Apple device user and you are trading cryptocurrency and you have your wallet, you might be at risk if you're not doing regular updates on your device. If you're one of those like me who doesn't do frequent updates, you might be at risk. And so I want to make sure you guys stay safe and realize this is an important thing that this has happened it's dangerous. You can get all your money taken and not even know, frankly. Now, I want to caveat what this is saying. Does somebody need physical access to your device to be able to do this? No. That's why it's so dangerous. All somebody really would have to do is send somebody something that's a dangerous piece of software to your device in order to trigger the exploit. And then once they get access, they can drain whatever the heck they want. So please be safe. If you are an Apple user, I do recommend I'm sure Apple has already sent out the update notification to your device. Make sure to check for updates. And if you got updates there, make sure to get them updated. If you'd like to read more about this vulnerability, there are vulnerability informations on, it's it's a big issue. The government's involved and everything else, but I would check Apple's site. They actually have some um, articles and things where they talk about it, or just do a search about Apple vulnerability, Kaspersky, K-A-S-P-E-R-S-K-Y, and you'll get a bunch of hits, I'm sure. I want to make sure everybody out there is staying safe because this is a pretty serious issue. In closing now with numbers, right? 
I said again, I don't think we're at the bull yet, but there's opportunities to make some profits. So please do make sure that you're staying safe when you do the trading. If you're going to jump in and try to make some money, by all means, but stay safe. Make sure that you're not jumping all into something because you could really lose it. I'm serious here because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's happened with the SEC or anything else where you could lose every last bit of your money or this hack situation that comes up and you lose your money that way. Remember, crypto is a risky business all the way around. If you got your stuff inside of the central exchanges, remember, not your keys, not your coins, and they can get blocked or taken from you there. So ultimately, all the way around, by and large, in my opinion, I think cryptocurrency, it feels healthy. It feels strong. It feels like it wants to go back on another run. But this time around, I'm hoping people will be more careful. I'm hoping they'll be more conservative and not the so-called moon boys, I guess is the term, to the moon, do, 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 and instead say, let's do this right this time because there's an opportunity here for people to get some generational wealth, and that can help everybody, especially with the inflation. I know the president claims it's down. I'm sure that you don't feel that it's down. I'm sure you feel that the inflation is quite high, and here's an opportunity for us to finally win. The other point I'll say, I am adamantly, adamantly opposed to staying here, and I want to get out of here so I can get back to my normal groove, my shingles has kind of regressed. Obviously, my arm still looks like a, looks horrible, but the pain's mostly gone. I can pretty much sleep decently, but I am still in recovery, and it's estimated to take a few more months. So bear with me, and I appreciate everybody's patience as I deal with a very challenging few months. This whole first quarter has just been garbage, all triggered by Carvana, believe it or not. Because if that hadn't happened, I might have avoided even the shingles. So I'm really trying to get out of here because I don't want to stay here. And meanwhile, the podcast will continue. And hopefully you've been following along. If you're new, hopefully you get a sense of how I roll and that nobody else is like what I'm doing. Nobody else delivers like I'm doing. They just can't do it. Can't keep up because I'm just like that. It bees like that sometimes because I have to control the ride. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeep and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.